a lot of people, poker for them is trying to earn revenue and earn money. And you would think when you have a big bankroll, like for me, if I had a big bankroll, I'm in 3Ks, I'm in 5Ks, I'm in super high rollers trying to prove a point. So it's so weird to me to see people like win a lot of money. Like I forgot the name of the pro that won the main event and just quit poker. Like, do you ever think for you, Jan, oh, who was it, uh, Tony? Fedor Holt. Yeah, that's how much did he win it? Fedor Holt was cr like a couple of years ago, three, four years ago, he was crushing. Yeah, he didn't win last year, but yeah, he was crushing he everything. Everything. <laughs> and, and the thing for me is like, at some point, like the game feels fun to us now because we're chasing something. For me, it's like, it's just, I use poker as a way to escape work and everything else. Mm -hmm. Curious, Jan, for you, and then we'll go Tony after. What amount of money do you think would make you quit playing poker? Like, I think if we had like more than 300, 400,000, like for me, uh, for me playing a tournament, like I wouldn't enjoy it as much. And 300, 400,000 is not a lot. But I think if I just had liquid cash, like I wouldn't want to play as much as I do now. Like I'll probably just play the main event and that's it. Like I wouldn't be playing four or five days a week if I had that amount of money and probably let's say a stable income or residuals or something coming in from somewhere else. So Jen, for you, I'm thinking what amount of money would you say? Like, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to play poker anymore. I'll just play like once or twice a year. What amount of money would you need a win to say like, all right, GG, I'm going from the game? Uh, honestly, I don't think there is an amount of money. Let's go. That's what I want to no. hear. I mean, honestly, though, like, I mean, y'all haven't asked me how I got into playing poker yet. So I'm just going to tell you because I've been waiting for y'all to ask oh. me. I'm just going to tell you. So <laughs> um, the easy way to explain it, I guess without giving getting too much into specifics. So I grew up in a very religiously strict home. Gambling was a no a no no. Um matter of fact, there most things were no-nos. Um so it was uh it was an environment that I couldn't maintain. Like I, I told my mom when I was 16 that I didn't want to be a part of it anymore. But if I left at that point, or if you know the way that they do things like if you leave you basically get cut off from everybody. Like you don't get to hang out with your family or friends, you know, especially if you make it official or whatever. Um, or if you do something that's considered wrong, as far as the religion is concerned, they can cut you off and just shun you. They won't talk to you. They won't communicate. you like, and that includes your, your blood family. Okay. Sorry. I said, if I had wanted to say it out loud, I would have had did that. Tony. No, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Maybe another time I'll say it, you know, because I try not to lead with that information just because I was brought up to like use it as a shield. And basically all it did was alienate me from people, you know what I'm saying? And so I don't want to, most people can understand that various religions and their various rules can create the same, you know. Oh, for sure. Situation. We're Jamaican. A lot of our family is Seventh-day Adventists and, you know, uh -huh. that takes away Saturdays for a lot of us. and. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. right. I that I'm Baptist, a little bit of Pentecostal. Like my a little bit. Yeah, you know, I show up. Whoever got like the, the food and, you know, the snacks for the, the first time people, you know, I show up. I pull up for the snacks. <laughs> now, I'm joking. I'm joking. But like poker, <laughs> I own the fun. But no, uh, no, I'll say like, I'll, okay, I'll tell you, whatever. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. So I don't practice anymore, obviously. But, um, that was like 
it was a lot, uh, as you can imagine. And I did it for my mom because, like I said, when I was 16, I told her I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be a part of it because my goal, I wanted to be an actress. Okay. So I was, I was going to do it, right? I was moving to LA and I was going to be famous, you know? And she was like, uh, you know, she basically said a couple of things because I don't know how much y'all know about Jehovah's Witnesses, but the belief is that the world is going to be a paradise and all the faithful will live forever in a paradise earth. And so I told my mom, I was like, God's not going to have you miserable just because I'm not there, you know, because I can't, I would be considered unfaithful. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm like, if I get destroyed, you, you're, you're going to be fine without me. Cause we were best friends. You know what I'm saying? She was my person. I was her person. And so she looked at me and she was like, maybe, but a mom will always know she's missing one of her kids. And so I sat there for another I almost told y'all my age. I'm not going to do that, though. I sat there for <laughs> many okay. more years. 23 years, okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> for many more years. And she, um, until I just, I was so depressed, I couldn't function. And so when I left, um, unofficially, but I left um, in my mind, but it was like, there's like a loophole. Like if you choose, like if you write a letter and say, I don't want to be associated with this religion anymore, then that's when you get shunned. If you do something and admit to it, you know, that goes against the tenets of the religion, that's when you get shunned. If you just disappear and there's no proof one way or the other, then that's just called fading, right? Or becoming inactive. And that's the loophole where mm-hmm. it's a, your f- friends and family can choose whether or not they want to just, you know, want to deal with you. So right. that's what I decided to do. Just stop. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but a lot of people did choose not to deal with me. And, you know, my whole life up until that point had been that religion, you know, every day, everything in like, everything was, you know, bottled up in that. So I didn't know how to navigate the world. It's like, you can imagine living in like rural Kansas, you know what I'm saying? Dorothy and Toto, y'all just hanging out. And then next thing you know, you're dropped in the middle of Times Square and everything's big and there's so many people and everything is bright and there are so many colors and it's just loud. And what do you do? You know what I'm saying? And so I, of course, went to therapy because yeah, you need therapy after some nonsense like that. Right. I went to therapy and the um, therapist was like, you need to find your new tribe. And I'm like, so how do you do that? And she's like, you have to you know, depends on what you like, like find people with similar interests and this and the third. And I was like, well, how do I know what I like? (laughs) She's like, You have to figure it out. And so I sat and I started thinking about things that I've wanted to try or things that I've wanted to do. And poker was one of those things. And so I was like, well, let me, let me check out poker. And so this was so funny. I'm like, oh, and I can meet guys. Right. So Cause I was again, kind of off limits. Right. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I can meet guys. I can, you know, I'm gonna do all of it in one soup. I'm gonna go play poker. Cause I was always good with cards. You know, my dad was a card player, like spades and whist and hearts and anything. Like he, if you beat Ed Gilmore in a card game, you had done something. Okay. And so I learned from him. So I'm like, I understood cards. I understood numbers and math was always my favorite, my best subject in school, not my favorite, but always my best subject in school. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I'm going to go play poker. So I get all dressed up, full beat, 
full makeup, you know what I'm saying? Had my little dress on my left purse and whatnot. And I show up to this like seedy, backwards, like scary, off the beaten path, like bar, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and yeah. I walk in and I'm like, I don't think they have us out here. Like, am I going to be okay? You know what I'm saying? And I walked in and I, it was like a scene out of a movie. Like literally every head turned and looked at me and I was like, hey y'all can I play I don't know where the accent came from I don't know what happened and they were like yeah so they sat me down I lasted maybe seven minutes and I walked back up to the tournament director I'm like I need more chips and she's like are you out I'm like yeah I lost all my chips can I get some more she's like not until the next game I'm like but I thought it was free poker she's like but it's tournament style and I was like oh okay (laughs) so I waited for the next game to start. Same thing happened. I might've lasted 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I lasted so, so short of a time. I didn't even know there was a break. Like I didn't know that there was ever a break in poker. And I remember the first, like I went back. Cause I'm like, I refuse to be this bad. I, I refuse to believe I'm bad at, there we this go. Bad at anything, you know? So I went back, I looked at some YouTube videos. I started doing a little bit of research to understand the game, like what hands beat what, you know, the whole nine. And so I sit there the next time. And I remember the first time I made it to break, that was always my goal. Just make it to break. You know what I mean? And within the first three months, I had won a tournament. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm in this. I'm in this. You know what I'm saying? Now, that being said, the other reason why poker has been such a big deal to me is when I would work, when I started working with my life coach and I was like, you know, all these things I didn't understand and just didn't know how they fit in the world where I fit in the world now you know she was like well the way you do one thing is the way you do everything in theory so Mm -hmm. if you're looking to you know whatever it is you're doing try it out at the poker table if you're looking to be less you know I would say more assertive like not necessarily you know aggressive but just like not so yielding in every case like you've been taught to do try it out at the poker table you know what I'm saying if you're wanting to learn about different personalities Watch the people at the poker table. You know, it was like poker to me became a metaphor for life. So that's why no matter how much money I make, I'm still always learning something in the game, whether it be about myself or about other people or about whatever. Like it's a learning experience for me more so than just making money. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I mean, I felt I, I felt this whole thing coming. Did I you felt- just- Damien's Yo, Tony, my bad, Tony. I'm gonna have to drop the mic, Tony. I'm out of here. Like, Damien's over yeah, here. I'm out, bro. Like, I'm out. <laughs> He's like hyping me up for it. I'm like, just, just wait. It's coming. She's about to yeah. get to it. You know, she. I feel her coming. So, is poker life or is poker ain't life? For me. For you. Poker is is a metaphor for life for sure. Like, oh no. Yeah, poker is like. I learned how to understand life and the world and I still am learning based on poker. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even something as, you know, like even like racial tensions and whatever, you see that at the poker table, you know what I'm saying? Gender issues. You see that at the poker table, you know what I'm saying? Like financial, you see all of it at the poker table. So it's like, to me, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know what, what it was, was what I would be without poker right now, seriously. Wow, that that I'm not gonna lie. That's to why you. I just can't imagine it not a part of my life. I want it to be a bigger part of my life. Wow, it will be a 
best, man. If you rock with us, come on the Poker Ain't Life team, man. Yes. We about to rock. <laughs> yeah, yo, Tony, I might have to hit up Dallas. Like, I ain't been to Dallas. Like, <laughs> last time I went to Dallas Jam was earlier this year. I went to a Summer Walker concert because it was cheaper mm-hmm. there than New York. Like, yo, just your whole perspective, right? Like, again, I told you from the religious side of thing, and I'm curious, like, I know you answered the question if poker's life or poker ain't life to you, but I feel like when I lose, right? This is just me sharing my perspective. When I lose, at times I feel like it's a punishment from like God. And I feel like sometimes when I lose, it's like, why do I have to lose to a one outer? I'm way ahead. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, the, yeah. The trouble for me, and Tony will tell you this too, where it's like, like I'm amazing at so many different things. When you have different skill sets, it's like, mm-hmm. is this really what I should be doing? Because why am I losing to so many heartbreak? Like I don't mind, yeah. heartbreak, but why is it so painful? And for me, it's always a trouble to realize like, is this against my religion? Is this why I'm losing? Or no, you know what? Maybe I'm doing in excess, which is what I think for me is like, I would play online poker. Tony will tell you on the plane, in the car, like I'll play all the time. So for me, it's like when I play too much, I would lose in the worst ways. So now it's mm-hmm. like I got to have a balance. Because variance would catch you in the worst way at the worst time. Yeah. yeah variance and God. God would slap me on the bug like, oh, you play too much, my boy. Get this two hours yeah. and go home. Get the showers. <laughs> so for me, it's like it's always hard to find the balance between religion and poker. And I think the real balance for me is not to do it in excess because anything in excess is a sin. That's just how yeah. I look at it. Uh-huh. So now it's like if I play one or two tournaments a week live or just play online one day a week, I'm winning more versus when I'm forcing it playing six, seven days a week every day like I'm addicted. So mm-hmm. the reason I brought it up is like for you, do you ever feel like with religion, do you ever feel like when you have like a bad beat or a bad run, do you ever think it's because of religion or luck? Like, do you believe in luck? Do you believe in religion? Or do you just consider it to like variance and math? Loaded question. Because Brianna and I, like literally she has- Shout out to Bri, by the way. Shout out to Brianna. She's been beating me up against the head. Like, no, it's not like that. Because that is exactly the way I would look at it. And that's why it would hurt so much. Because I'm like- why are you mad at me? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, Facts, real why does the universe hate me? Why is God mad at me? Whatever. You know, especially when I sit down and I think to myself, you know, I'm doing this because I want to be able to help out my friend in this way, or because I know so-and-so needs this. And because I'm trying to cover this expense or whatever. And I'm like, I just need a little bit extra. Let me sit down. And it's like, not only do you take the little piece that I had to play with, it's like, I have, I like borrow and you take that too. And I'm like, now nah, I got to figure what I out did, God, yeah. I thought it was cool. Right. And I'm like, what happened? You know, and I'm like, it can't be like that. It's just variance. Like something is controlling these cars. Like, that's what I would tell myself. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, no, it's just variance is what happened. And so like case in point yesterday, I'm playing a tournament. I had ace queen. No, excuse me. I had pocket kings and I raised the short stack at the table shoves. Another guy shoves over the top of him who had both of us covered and I snap call. Turns out, huh? No, I said snap a Rooney. Let's go. Yeah. I'm, in. I'm visualizing. Yeah, it. I'm in. So this it turns out it was Kings versus Aces versus Ace King. Aces were the short stack or the bigger stack? Aces were the short stack. Ace King was the big stack, and I have Kings, King in the window. Right? So I'm like, 
lightning in the bottle, right? I can't even be mad. I win the biggest pot at the table, right? So, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And of course, Aces is mad because he was way ahead. You know what I'm saying? He had whatever else. So then it's like, okay, but after that, my stack just dwindles. Like I can't, I'm getting good hands, but nothing's connecting. You know what I'm saying? And my stack just dwindles. And so next thing I know, I'm out, I rebuy and I go sit down. I have ace queen. I'm tilted. I'm tilted. I admit that, right? Do shorter stack than me, shoves, uh, whatever the flop was, he shoved. I had um, nothing. I had nothing. I'm not even gonna lie. It wasn't, it was ace queen offsuit. I had nothing. He shoves, I call out of pure irritation, pure tilt, and go runner, runner straight, right? I'm like, lightning. You know what I'm saying? I can't even be mad at that, right? So when I end up in the small blind and I shove with ace queen and big blind has aces, I'm not going to sit here and be like, the universe hates me. You know what I'm saying? Because right. People forget I've hit about lightning in else. the bottle two, three times already. You know what I mean? Right. It happens. So it I, can, I can accept that beat better than when I'm sitting here in a bomb pot and I turn the nut flush, you know what I'm saying? I know you can't have a straight flush because I have one of the blockers, the other blockers on the on the, the other board. Talk your and, shit, Jen. Huh? Talk your shit, Jen. Sorry, right. I'm visualizing in my head. I'll be hyped up when you tell a story. My bad. So I'm like, I know you can't have a straight flush. I've got the ace high flush. I know I'm good here on the turn. You know what I'm saying? I shove. I get snapped off by the big stack of the table who literally just sat down. This is his first hand playing. He's got like four thousand dollars to my little hundred and twenty. You, you know play? what I'm saying? Texas Master Stack. No, we were playing um, bomb pop, uh, and I was at the on the big game. He just came from the must move. You know got what I'm saying? It. So okay, he sat okay. down with like three, four thousand dollars, three thousand thirty five hundred, something like that. And you, you know, he's calling me regardless. You know what I'm saying? And the river pairs the board up top, but not on the bottom. Where I needed the board paired on the bottom, it doesn't pair. But it pairs the board up top to negate my straight and give him a boat, give negate my flush and give him a boat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm sitting here like the the terrible thing. Admittedly, it was terrible that it went through my mind. It was like as if this white dude don't already have every other advantage. You got to give him my little hundred and sixty. Right, this is why I had to get him, Jay. This is why I had to get him. That's what went through my mind, and so that's where where it comes in, like you know, are you mad at me? Like, I'm here trying to help out. I'm trying to do things for others. Like, this isn't me just being greedy. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is meant to be a source of income. Like, you know, we got things coming up. I know folks need help and I can't help them all myself. Like, this is the only way I can think of to be able to add to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And wow. it just, yeah. So I've, I've had that same, I have that same, like, Religion. struggle back and forth yes because it's you like you know we were taught that if you're not a part of it then god the the devil gonna chew you up and spit you out and make everything you do fail and all this other stuff and so it's like i couldn't even accept the good things that were happening to me case in point you know because it's like should you know, can i really trust this as a positive or should i feel leery of it because you know i'm not practicing you know this and the, it's like yeah, gotta yeah, let that go. And the thing that you said that I love is the fact that 
many people forget how they've been lucky or the hands they lucked out on. Yeah. It's like really and truly, it is variance. Like there's yes. so many different things in our mind that we could think of. Like, oh shit, yeah. I, I threw something on the floor. That's the reason I got two hours. Right, yeah, yeah. I didn't pick up that like, piece of trash. In the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Focus on the positive. You focus on the positive and I really feel the law of attraction. The days where I'm like, yo, I'm a kill these niggas today that's the days i win the days where i show up like ah hopefully i win or maybe i win like exactly. one, two, one. Those I, are the I hope days i can I get catch a right. 10 right here like no not at all not at all yeah but i think um i think too that you were talking earlier not to dive back into what we were talking about earlier too much but daniel agrano you mentioned earlier like he he makes those those crazy calls when people are bluffing and stuff and i think that's something that you can't really teach anymore i mean you can like people there are obviously like board textures where people want to call but i think everybody kind of knows those board textures daniel's mm-hmm. been doing it for decades you know what i'm saying so he and he, started out I, as a dealer <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so he's seen millions of hands you know what mm-hmm. i mean he's been in all these situations where he's able to make those things so um i don't know i just think that variance where that oh variance is a word that people use just for you know when somebody sucks out on them or something you know bad happens to them but i think when we start to look at player types and and uh i don't know i don't know really what i'm saying the word variance i guess and player types that we can try to lower it (laughs) if that makes sense well, yeah, I mean, like, I know I'm not gonna, I'm not necessarily calling someone's all in shove with Jack Five. And even if I do end up turning, you know, two pair, I'm not gonna be mad at the, I mean, like, mad that I didn't play the hand unless I'm super right. short stack. It's a, you know, cash game and you've been bullying me all night. Then I'll be mad that I didn't play Jack Four or Jack Five against you. But yeah. <laughs> generally speaking, that's just, not, are you okay, sir? Damien, you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Champagne <laughs> kicking in. Champagne kicking in. <laughs> this is funny but yeah we usually we usually end the uh, interview after the poker and life question so Mm -hmm. i thought a little bit of the stuff that we said after it was pretty good as well but um thank you for coming out man and uh, being on the podcast it's going to be a great uh what's the word uh uh yeah great but a follow-up to the episode that's coming because you're you're going to be uh there's like we did a, a a podcast with this other podcast and mm-hmm. we really weird because I was interviewing him but he was interviewing me. Okay, and, okay. And we talk a lot about how um, Phil Ivy really should have did something for the black community and really like put together something so that young black kids can uh, leave you know, Phil alone. That yeah, people want to, but I think this guy I, and I think that's how everybody kind of feels like you know, all the black people kind of feel like he did a lot for the community. He inspired me to play. So I don't, you know, leave him alone. Like, let this man do whatever he did. But, you know, like, we, you got to watch it because the guy really talks about how, how, you know, as a community, we should really give back. You know, I mean? it, ta- it would take yeah. nothing Phil, to be like, here's, because he's tried to. But can I share my thoughts on that, though? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. First, you know, and this is not a popular opinion, but I remember the whole scandal with the edging of cards from Phil Ivey, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, he says, if I remember correctly, it was an Asian woman who taught him how to do it. Mm-hmm. 
He didn't just come up with this by himself, right? Mm-hmm. He was taught how to do it, but he was the one that they wanted to take the fall for it. He was mm-hmm. the one that ended up being fine. He was the one that they made out to be this villain when it's something that other communities have been doing the whole time. You know Thanks. what I'm saying? Thanks. So it's like, on top of that, I think about Maria Ho as a commentator, as a player, as, you know, all, she's a good player. She's been last woman standing more than once in the World Series of Poker, okay? Mm-hmm. But why does she get an agent? Why is she out here being put on a pedestal and being given all these opportunities? Phil Ivey's been around the whole time. Nobody's asking him to be a commentator, as far as we know. Why not? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and that's... So it's not just about the fact that, you know, he is a Black guy that plays poker. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Any little thing that he does or that has happened... They want to villainize him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whereas you have all these other people that are out here that either did it first, started it, taught him whatever, and that's okay. You see what I'm saying? It's like all Asian people aren't considered a menace, you know, or ill-skilled just because a couple of Asian people did Mm -hmm. something crazy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whereas with Phil Ivey, it's like that becomes a whole thing, just like with Tiger Woods. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Tiger Woods does one thing. Now, all black golfers are weird. You know what I'm saying? But not yeah. when it comes to white golfers. You know what I'm saying? Nope. Not when it comes to Hispanic or, you know, whatever. It's just like. I agree. Yeah. Somebody said, somebody recently said to me, too, like, if you remember how Dwight Pilgrim was with all those mm-hmm. one it made people uncomfortable that were playing with him. And mm-hmm. I love it. A lot, people, a lot of people didn't like that. So I, that they. The guy told me this. I was like, people didn't like that? And he was like, yeah, a lot of people didn't like that. And and he thinks that that's one of the... And this was a white guy. This wasn't a black yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. It was like, he thinks that's a, a part of the reason why um, you don't see a lot more of these uh, some black people on, on TV. Because he plays at the WSOP and there's a lot of black people. He's like, yeah. Black he people. barely gets a, a, gets a mention. He won the whole tournament and we never hear from him again. But yet and still all these other names that are out there, you know, that won one tournament. And it's like, they're considered, you know, like what, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, what is his name? Oh my goodness. Do you remember the guy, WPT tournament, he had a 17 to one chip deficit and came back and won the whole thing. Cause dude that he was playing against was already celebrating and he was completely drunk. Do you know who I'm talking about? I cannot think of his name. This sounds um, good. Yeah. His, the guy, oh my goodness. Because he became a commentator on WPT. The black guy? No, the it was a, uh, I think he was, It's he's European. I can't think of his name right now. Olivier oh. Bousquet. Olivier oh. Bousquet was playing against a white dude. Can I think of his name? Either tall, you know, generic white dude. And yeah. the other, the white dude had all the chips. He, he was a oh. 17 to one chip leader against Olivier Bousquet. Mm. And Olivier came back and won the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. And he's a commentator for the WPT. He's, you know, the Alpha 8 commentator was for a while, this, that, and the third. And it's like, why is he out there now in that role? You know what I'm saying? Just like I said, same thing with like Maria Ho and, you know, some of these other folks that are like out there, like what makes you call them versus 
Phil Ivey, who for the longest time was the winningest poker player in the world, and everybody knew it. It's by design. They want exactly. You know, there's a certain uh, what's the word like statistic on who watches uh, uh, poker content, and they want to appeal right. to them as statistic, right? Right. Just because there's there's a uh, hundred people in the WSOP doesn't mean that uh, you know whatever that percentage of people say there's say it's one percent doesn't even mean one percent of black people are watching it i mean i'm sure there are but that's you know whatever statistic that they want to mold to you know to you know it's like if yeah they want to mold the statistic to how they how they want that makes sense yeah um and And that's how you can always find me in the poker room because it's only one of me you know you can always find you know what i'm saying like i'm all you know but i I try not to think about it though. Yeah, that's how you just not in play. a negative way. Anyway, I, I use it as my superpower. <laughs> oh, see, I was gonna say that too, Jen. Like, really and truly, I think, and, and like this thought, just hearing everything. When we think of poker in life, right? Whether you black, whether you white, because people don't realize being white so comfortable for some people too, if like, you know, they may be in certain things, whether mm-hmm. you Asian, whether you Spanish, everyone has their own perception of what the world thinks they are. And right. yeah. I really think, Jan, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like for me, People don't know I play as much poker as I do. I show up. I sometimes I'm like, all right, do I want to go as like the dude who looks like they work in corporate America that has money? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a yeah. fish. Do I want to go as like the pro with the hoodie and the headphones so people know I know what I'm doing? I feel right. outside of how we look and our race, like even like how we show up. Like Jan, earlier you mentioned sometimes you may show up in a hoodie and then sometimes you may show up, you know, different. And pe- you're like, I'm the same person. Like, is there any stereotypes that y'all think in the tournament world that you think plays? Like, for me, if I see someone with a backpack, I immediately think this person's a pro. They got the charger. They got the book. They got the laptop. Right, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. for me, backpack screams, this person's a pro. What's a non, like, like religion or race? What's an item or something you guys think that stands out that you immediately know is a pro? For me, it's a backpack. Jan, what is it for you in the tournament world? Headphones and sunglasses. Headphones and sunglasses. But the big jaws, the big like Beats headphones, <laughs> not not an earbud. Like you gotta have a big Beats headphone that we all know no music is playing out of. You just don't want nobody to talk to you. <laughs> they got the noise cancellation on out here. Yes. Nothing. And they yes. talking about the dealer like raised ten thousand, like ten thousand. I'm like, yo, bro, you should yeah, be having no music playing. Exactly. That. All right, exactly. nah, you right. I told yeah, you. That's the that's for me the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's also the one I know I'm going to get the most money from. Because it's like, he's, that's who I sniff out the moment I sit down. Because I'm like, whomever that is, like I can sit down, I'm like, he's the one that's going to pay me off every time. Because he's going to try to outplay me. Mm-hmm. He's going to try to outplay me. And um, yeah, I'm going to get my chips from you. Like I literally can sit down and know immediately where my chips are coming from. Yeah. And it, it happens every time because I'm like the like what you said a minute ago like you get to pick your persona right if I sit down and I'm like how y'all doing you know how is everybody you know let me get my little drink I'm drinking what you drinking I'm drinking you know Jack you know 
whatever, you know, Johnny Walker Black. They're like, what? Yeah, Johnny oh, Walker fancy. on the rocks. And they like, you got the, you got the money. Okay, what's, what's going on? You know, and so what you do, I'm just gonna get a little crown on the rocks, crown and coke, you know, or if I go like, you know, if I go like more, they can tell by your drink. Let's just put it like that, right? So if I'm going like, you know, a little girly drink, you know, then they're like, oh, okay, I, I know. And I'm gonna take your chips. If I sit down and I'm like, I got, you know, I'm drinking just straight whiskey. Then they're like, oh, wait a minute, pause. Uh -huh. But the question that I always know that the jig is up is when they go, so where do you normally play? This is the first time I've seen you. I'm like, dang, they know That's when they know you are pro. <laughs> yep. So now I got to actually start playing, playing. You know, otherwise I'm like just waiting for you to hand me my chips. But being able to pick your persona is why another reason, because I told you I want to be an actress, right? So I can sit down and pick the person I want to be when I sit at the table, you know what I mean? All and it's right, kinda well, it's kind of fun. I well, I'm curious. Uh Tony, I want to hear your answer too. I ain't gonna forget your, your answer to the question, uh, Tony, but I'm curious, who's your favorite actor or actress and why? For you, Jen. Oh. Whose career do I admire the most? Sure, let's go there. Okay. Um Regina King. Ooh, I love her. Like, I like I always feel like that's yeah. the type of woman I'll marry. She's funny. She can be serious. <laughs> she's beautiful. Yeah. She's authentically her. Like her, yeah. Taraji. Like, there's a certain type of woman I could envision and like see myself with. And it's mm -hmm. like that serious, but have fun, but a little boss chick at the same time. But mm -hmm. why why do yeah. you admire her career? Because it's never okay. How can I say? So she started off, you know. Well, I remember her in two two seven as Brenda. Oh, sh I almost get y'all my age again. Um, nah, no, we wasn't Brenda around for the, and, <laughs> watch the reruns of Nick at Night. You good? You twenty three? Exactly, watch the Nick exactly. at Night reruns. That's the point. That's the point. But I remember her being young, you know, on two two seven, and she's made she made the transition from a child actor to an adult in a. A, a, you know, like a natural way, you know what I'm saying? And she picked roles that added to her, you know, her canon and the way people see her versus, you know, some other people who were child actors that just went sideways. So like now she can play a serious role or a, a comedic role or whatever. And you still respect her because we haven't seen, been so far into her personal life that, you know, there's no mystery left, you know, but I just appreciate her career because she was able to do what a lot have, were not able to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And still keep a positive, keep us with a positive view. Like I said, we still respect her at the end of the day. Same like with Felicia Rashad, you know what I'm saying? Even though all she really did, the thing that made her famous was the Cosby show. And we've seen her in other things. We still see, you know, Mama Huxtable when we see her, you know what I'm saying? Legendary. Versus... Yeah, uh, versus Regina King, we see her maybe like, oh yeah, she played Brenda, but we say she played Brenda, not she is Brenda. Versus like, like I said, when it comes to like Felicia Rashad, you like, that's Claire Huxtable. You know what I'm saying? Like that's who you always see her as. So she wasn't able to ever transition really out of that mama mm -hmm. role. Even other things that she did, it was the same. You know, like she was typecast in that. And so anyway. Yeah. All right. No, no, no. I, I got to keep going. My bad, Tony. I got one more for you, Tony, before I go, but I got to keep going in with Jen. Jen, you, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Like, I'm about to load up an MTT right now. Just, <laughs> eight hours just I told y'all I'm long winded. Yeah. <laughs> I love that All information. Right. So, all right. So, my next question for you, right? 
like for me, when I play poker, I feel like I'm always this nice guy. But sometimes the tournaments, like we talked about persona. Yeah, you got to be, be, you got to be villain. ruthless. Yeah, I want to be, be the guy that's three the bet, four bet, yeah. and overshove it. I want to be yeah. the fucking villain. Like I want to yeah. be the villain. So for you, you sound like Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> so for you being an actor, right? Let's say you are playing a poker movie. Mm-hmm. What character would you want to play in a poker I've movie? I've never seen a poker scene done properly in any movie ever in life. So that first was just like, you got to fix that. Like, that's not how it's done. Anyway, exactly. What would, you, what would your character type be in a poker movie? And what role would you want to play and why? The type would be me. You know, I'm like, let's go. I think I'm pretty awesome at a poker table. Like the minority, but knows what she's doing. You know, the one that's going to sit there and like, I would, I would want to play myself, really. Like, I keep I waiting. Like, once once I win, you know, the w, WPT or WSOP main event, you know, once I, because that is my purpose. That's why I do this. You know what I'm saying? Because go. I'm going to win. Um, so once that happens and they make my movie about me, I get to play me. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> Yo, when you say they make the movie about you, you mean us, right? We're going to make Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Let's do right. it. I, I'm hyped up now, Tony. So, Tony, I didn't give you a chance, and I apologize. Jan's just dope as hell. But I, we didn't get a chance <laughs> to hear you. from you, Tony, about, like, what is your persona when you go to the poker table? I know Jan shared, and I shared a little bit. But what's your persona, Tony, when you go to the poker table that you try um, to at least aspire to be? So I don't really aspire to be uh, any necessarily like a certain player type is just because I feel like everybody already puts me into like that quote unquote pro category and they just want to automatically out big headphones you got the big headphones yeah 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 (laughs) you know like a lot of I was big back in the day into the speech play and and so I'm real familiar with it like sometimes like people will try to do speech play against me and I'll just like like one guy, what did they say? What was the what was the popular one back in the day? Um, what did they say when they're trying to figure out which what you have or if you're stronger or weak? They say like, um, "Do you want me to call?" Yeah, do you want me to call? And so I just look at him like I'm all in, you know, like I'm not gonna give you anything extra or anything like that. So I think they they automatically. What am I trying? Oh, sorry. I think that. Uh, there's a lot of speech play out there. And so I just try to wear the headphones to just not even, and it's not even speech play. It's like, I watched a guy the other day, it was this Asian guy and he just would not stop talking. It was about fucking elephants in the sky and fucking nonsense. (laughs) Yeah, it was about because he had a set of tens and he wants this guy to call and he just does, you know, he's trying to mess up the guy's thinking pattern, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he's just talking about whatever. He just won't stop talking. And the guy's trying to figure out if his two pair is good against the guy's set. And eventually the guy ends up talking so much that he's just like, I can't think about this. I fold. And he fucking lost money because he was talking. So yeah. that's, I just want to, I don't want to listen to you. I just want to make my decisions based off of how you play. And this is, speaking of speech play, I, there, something happened last weekend. It was actually kind of funny because I was running a bluff. I had ace queen suited and I had hit nothing on the board. It was it was an absolutely horrible board. Um, I raised preflop and, of course, you know, bet two streets and we get to the river and I shove. 
And dude is looking at me and I'm like thinking, please don't call, please don't call, please don't call. But he's trying to figure out what to do. And so he looks at me and he was like, you show me if I fold? And I was like, yeah. I said, but you also get to see it if you call. <laughs> so he was like, yeah. yeah. And he actually- folded instantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one that everybody wants, that everybody likes to ask. Now, right, and that's you- one of the things that they're like, if you, I've, I've had that happen to me enough times that they go, you know, will you show me if I, if I fall? And it's like, if I don't say anything, they usually assume I've got it, right? So then they do fold, right? Mm-hmm. If I say, yeah, I'll show you, then they call immediately because they're like, she don't got it. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So this time I was like, yes and no i'm like either way you're gonna see it you know what i'm saying so i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll show you if you fold but you'll also see it if you call you know what i'm saying like i'm waiting for like, you to throw your chips in there you know what i'm saying i like and it he yeah. up, and i sure enough showed my hand i had you know ace high or whatever but he was like you were like still it. good i'm like okay then you should have called right <laughs> so, <laughs> he might have just been saying that he might have had a little right. care <laughs> right Right, but I yeah. promise you, he was super aggressive the rest of the time. If I was in the hand, he was he was mad aggressive. So I was like, "No, I got you that time. I got you." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like no, it. I mean, at the table, it doesn't. It depends on the the pool of players at the table. Because I don't just walk in and say, "Oh, I'm gonna be this." It's like yeah. when I get there, depending on how people are acting, then I make a decision on what I'm gonna do. But like I say, as soon as they ask, "So where do you normally play?" I'm like, "Oh, the jig is up." what did i do you know what i mean but well i uh we appreciate you coming on we're gonna we've been going for what like almost two hours at this point has it been that long it has been two hours it's been a minute yeah i didn't realize i got hungry and everything like i went to go get snacks that's when i knew i've been (laughs) (laughs) y'all this was a fire interview we appreciate you so much for coming out i just want to say actually do you have anything you want to shout out anybody want to shout out how long those stories are so oh let's go we'll jump right into it yeah we can't in two seconds i just want to say thank you for coming out and we're gonna end the recording thank you for coming out make sure you follow us on ig and uh what else are we on we're on youtube we're spotify we're on anchor we're fucking everywhere make sure you join the community follow sub support we love you guys thank you